Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're going to begin with our good friend David Butt, criminal lawyer, former prosecutor, op-ed writer for The Globe and Mail. And uh, David Butt has argued cases before the Supreme Court of Canada. And uh, David, it's always good to talk to you. And this is a this is a fascinating case, and I don't think we're anywhere near the end. No, that's right. Uh, certainly the prosecution uh, has come to an end, but uh, the questions persist. So let's let's just talk about what what I mentioned uh, a minute or so ago, and which is being reported, and that is that three former cabinet ministers in the Stephen Harper government, as well as empl- or workers or employees in that government, were talked to and spoken, interviewed by Marie Hennon, but not by the RCMP, when they conducted their initial investigation into uh, into Admiral Norman. Uh, can you put that into some context for us? Is it possible that what was said to Marie Hennon by the three former ministers? In fact, caused the prosecutor to say, that's it? Well, certainly that's possible. It's difficult to know precisely what uh, led the uh, prosecution to conclude that there was uh, no reasonable prospect of conviction. But it was uh, um, additional information, and uh, based on media reports, it does appear that some of that additional information came from the defense. So you can certainly see that possibility that some of that information emanated from the interviews of uh, those three uh, former cabinet ministers. Now, uh, the government has the obligation to provide all the evidence it has very early on to the prosecution, right? And then the prosecution provides that information to defense counsel, which uh, you and I had a conversation before before this program, uh, which allows then the defense to build a case for the charged person. Is that how it goes? Yes, that's right. <clears throat> the Supreme Court of Canada has said that Excuse me. It's uh, fundamental that the defense be provided all the investigative material so that they can respond to the charges against them. And that uh, is presumably what happened here. And then I think that the defense uh, certainly noticed that there are some gaps in that information pr- provided. Yeah, and I just mentioned that interview that we did on the 24th of March, in which there was a complaint that the federal government was dragging its heels and providing information that the defense required. So the prosecution probably didn't have it. The defense didn't have it. And Ms. Hennon was, uh, was, was threatening or had s- said she would, in fact, call Gerald Butts and Michael uh, uh, Wernick uh, to, uh, to testify in open court. We've come, a, we've come a long way in a short period of time in this case. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, there's, it's important to know that there's two potential shortcomings when the uh, disclosure of the uh, prosecution's case is first provided to the defense. The defense looks at it for two different things. One, things that uh, the investigators might have gathered but not provided to the defense. And then secondly, what the investigators may have actually overlooked. And it appears that there were problems with both of those in this case. Uh, In in this case, in the Admiral Norman case, it also appears investigators didn't release everything they had, the RCMP, or the government withheld information for its own reasons. Is that a fair assumption? That seems to be it was certainly the position of the defense, and that seems to be the case. Uh, and again, when you're looking at an investigation, uh, if the investigators gathered material or looked up material, they do have an obligation to uh, provide that to the defense. Now, there can be very rare exceptions where there's uh, confidential informants and so on, but uh, those exceptions are quite rare, and generally speaking, everything that the investigators use in their investigation should be provided to the defense. 
Is there an issue for the RCMP that they did not speak with the former cabinet ministers and they provided information? We'll go back to the beginning of the interview, our conversation. Is there an issue for the RCMP that they didn't speak to these former cabinet ministers who provided Marie Hannon perhaps what she required in order to get the prosecutor to say, we're done? Yeah, yeah there, there's certainly uh, um, two different views on this. I, I mean, what appears clear is that the investigators did not gather certain information, which the defense did, and which they provided to the prosecution, which led to the charges being withdrawn. So clearly that was significant information. And, uh, you know, one doesn't know why that significant information uh, wasn't gathered by the investigators, but it's certainly a question worth asking. Have you run into these situations, David? That, that's something that defense lawyers always do, and it, it's important uh, in the exercise of their professional obligations to ensure that the prosecution evidence, first of all, is provided um, in its entirety to the defense, and secondly, that there's nothing important has been overlooked. So, yes, it does happen. You know, nobody's perfect. Investigators and prosecutors, by and large, do a good job in this country. Nobody's perfect. Mistakes do get made, and that's why the defense job of reviewing the disclosure of the prosecution file is critically important, because that's when those errors come to light. One of the uh, one of the points in our off-air conversation was, and, and I, I've raised this with you in the past on the air, people ask, and not in this case, not in Admiral Norman's case, but in other cases, how can a defend, defense lawyer possibly defend such a person? And, you know, we may be talking about a, a Paul Bernardo or someone of his ilk. How can anybody, anybody in good conscience defend such a person? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really important question, and, and people automatically jump to the conclusion that if you defend somebody, you somehow endorse their values. That's not the case at all. Uh, what a defense lawyer does is a very different job of looking at, in, in, and in this case is a great example, the adequacy of the Crown investigation. And if it's flawed, or if people have made mistakes, those mistakes need to be identified. And those are the kinds of things that don't really depend on endorsing the actions of the accused person, but they're critical to getting the job done right. Back to David Butt, criminal lawyer in Toronto, former prosecutor. And uh, Mr. Butt has argued cases before the Supreme Court of this country, as I've told you. David, uh, one thing that's troubled me, and uh, Amanda Connolly tweeted out last year, that Justin Trudeau spoke publicly about Admiral Norman's case winding up in court. He did that in April of 2017, and again in February of 2018, last year. And uh, Mr. Trudeau used the word inevitable, like the case is going, Mr. Admiral uh, Norman would inevitably find himself in a courtroom. Um, that was a month before the Admiral was actually charged. Does that raise any concerns about Prime Minister's interference with Federal prosecutors may be sending a message to the prosecutors that the prime minister expects the admiral to be charged criminally? Well, I think in this case, uh, certainly we have Ms. Hennon's comments that uh, there was no political interference in this case unfolded uh, within the norms of the justice system as it should be. So I think that, uh, uh, frankly, Ms. Hennon is in a far better place to be the judge of that because she's had the closest, most inside view of this case uh, of, of anyone. So I think that her comments to the media that there was no political interference are pretty much conclusive. Now, having said that, as a general matter, um, is it a concern if, if politicians start weighing in on, on criminal justice uh, processes? 
yes, that is that is always a concern. It doesn't appear to have uh, created a problem in this case, but uh, one does have to, if one's a politician, always be careful about uh, making comments that might be perceived as influencing uh, judicial processes. Yeah, I mean, if you're the prime minister and you're saying this man is going to find himself in a criminal court before he's criminally charged, a uh, prosecutor might see that as um, an inducement to follow the the wishes of the man in the corner office of the PMO. Just a, it's it just it doesn't it doesn't feel right. But let me ask you this: What questions do you say? Do you feel? Does your experience tell you still need to be answered in this case? Well, certainly there is a difference of opinion about the relevance of, of certain information. It appears that the investigators. Uh, did not feel that that certain information was uh, worth gathering, and yet when the defense gathered it and provided it to the uh, prosecutor, uh, it appears to have played a role in uh, staying the charges. So I think that's a question that uh, really has to be answered. Um, and any time, frankly, that you have a criminal investigation that also involves people like uh, Vice Admiral Norman, who are very close to political cabinet ministers and so on, there's, there's always a concern that uh, just the closeness of that fact pattern meant that there's some inappropriate uh, interference. Again, um, Ms. Hennon doesn't think that's the case, and she probably knows better than any of us. Uh, but that's always a concern in a case like this. Okay, so now to the issue of the charge being stayed and not dismissed. Yes, a stay is a device that the prosecution can use, which basically puts a case on ice for a year. And if they don't revive it within that year, then the case is, is over. Uh, conclusively. Uh, so it's not unheard of that, you know, after, before the expiry of that year, a state case will be revived. Very often, though, that's, uh, that's not the case either. So we'll just have to wait and see in this one. Does that surprise you at all that when the prosecution says it's done, when the government says, yes, we'll pay your legal fees, Admiral Norman, that, uh, that it's a stay and not, a, not an outright dismissal? Uh, yeah, it, that's, that's a, an exercise of discretion the prosecutor can use either the stay or the uh, outright uh, withdrawal of the charges. My thinking is that in a case of this level of importance, one doesn't want to make a mistake. One wants to proceed as cautiously as one can. So the the information that they had certainly led them to to think that a stay was appropriate. And I think that, that what they're doing now is just giving themselves a little bit of time to take a very close look, not be under any pressure, and decide if indeed that stay is, is appropriate. So it's, it's, a, it's a cautious step in a, in a high-profile case like this. Okay, always great talking to you, David. Thank you so much for the time. My pleasure, always, right. David Butt, criminal lawyer in Toronto, one of the very best. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.